0: Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is a, a guest who's returning, a friend of mine, here to talk about his company and everything that's going on over at Rocket Ship Entertainment. Tom Eagle is returning to the show. Tom, hey, it's great to see you, man.
1: Hey, thank you for having me again.
0: Yeah, what I love about uh, what Rocket Ship does, and I'm going to have you kind of uh, explain it because you can do a better job than, than I do, but uh, so many of your properties are beloved. They have a not only a readership, but a community. And I think part of what you do there is the fact that the, the creators, they've, uh, you know, established this community and you kind of take out the middleman, you know, with a with a big company, a DC or a Marvel, you don't really have that kind of personal interaction, that personal touch. And I know that's really important to you guys at, at Rocketship. So if anybody's hearing you on the show for the first time, why don't you give them a rundown, talk a little bit about what Rocketship is all about.
1: Yeah. So those who don't know, we started the company in uh, 2019 and co-founded it with Rob Feldman, who's another Ringo-nominated creator, animator, CTO, who I've known back since my Comedy Central days as an animator. Then, uh, you know, the the initial sort of thesis of the company was there's a lot of great hit web comics out there. A lot of the publishers don't really take this. is Now, this is going back four or five years, right? A lot of the publishers at that time, this has certainly changed, uh, didn't take them seriously. I uh, didn't think there'd be sales in it, but you know, same thing kind of, kind of with the, your, your, your brick and mortar retailers too. Of, oh, they read it for free online. There's no way they'll buy it. So we're not going to stock it combined with those creators are digital natives and don't really know how to get their books into print. So, you know, having, having had you to try to start up a print division at Webtoon for so long, for years and uh, was rebuffed. Um. Once I left the company, was like, "All right, well, you know, let's just do this. These creators can make a lot of money. We can service them. They don't have the time to do this themselves, especially the formatting." So we started there with the intention of kind of to go where we are now, which is you know much bigger than that. But that remains a a really a a core piece of our business is working with creators who are Webtoon or Tapas or Go Comics or just on Instagram and bringing their bringing their projects to print. So the second part of that was why don't we crowdfund these and remove all those traditional barriers that there are from getting the fans who are reading these comics online, wherever they read them directly in contact with purchasing the book and being a part of the experience. Like it's the same kind of way they were online in comments and being able to interact with, whether it's comments on an app or on social media, there, these fans are used to interacting very directly with the creators. Uh, and we wanted to kind of replicate that experience along with, you know, Exclusive items that just would not be logistically feasible to put in retail. So whether they're signed prints or limited edition pin sets, things that, you know, we're not going to get mass distribution for that we know there's an audience for these. uh, We can service those fans with that extra content and exclusive covers. So, you know, we started on Kickstarter, which seemed like the smartest thing to do at the time with Let's Play. That worked out really well. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's been a steady stream since of something like, 40-ish successful crowdfunding campaigns, um, the majority of which are Kickstarter. Uh, You know, we're doing something. We're doing a book with Zoop this year. We're doing a book on the Backerkit crowdfunding platform this year. um, And we've tried Indiegogo in the past, but, you know, Kickstarter is pretty much where we live. Uh, And then following that, we are now distributed globally by Simon & Schuster. So the books are available everywhere. They're in Barnes and Noble. They get listed in Diamond. Local comic shops pick them up. Obviously, everything's on Amazon and Books a Million. So the books are everywhere now and they're much more than just web comics. But that's that's where we that's basically where we started the company.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. And, and I know you know you've kind of had your your foot in, well, you've had your foot in a lot of things, you know, from the you know, with a varied career MTV and all that stuff. And, and even in the time I've known you, you've you know hat in so many rings. But that, that, this is the thing. You've always believed in digital. You've always believed in web comics. And I think, you know, your belief in that, founding this company in 2019, knowing that these it's one thing to be able to read it for free online, but when fans love these properties, you want something you can hold in your hand. You want something on your bookshelf. So when your friends come over, hey, look at this. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that was it, it, obviously, right? And then that's one of the reasons why we focus on, really really high quality editions of these books nothing we do is meant to be you know done inexpensively when you pick up our books you can you can tell the paper quality the cover quality the finishes the sort of deluxe slipcases and you know exclusive dust jackets and all the finishes that we do on those so when you hold our books in your hand um, and retailers have mentioned this many times they you know they're like oh this reminds me of archaea or you know some of the special fanographic stuff um, it's like that's that's the level of quality we're going for because like you said like the fans if you're a big enough fan you want that item you're not just reading it for the first time or buying it you're buying it and you're buying it partially as a collectible um just for you personally not a collectible that you expect to you know go up in value and flip the way we bag and board you know art that's a superman comics um (laughs) but uh i wish i have so many (laughs) but um you know, they they really want to to have that thing. They're proud of the whole. They probably read it several times. They'll show it to their friends. So we want to make sure they have something really, really nice, um, and something that the creators will be proud to have on their bookshelf at home for the rest of their lives, right? Yeah,
0: and that goes hand in hand with the other thing you mentioned, which are these exclusive items. Which is, you know, you do these successful Kickstarters, you get this hit the stretch goals, and you can offer you know other things, and you and then you have you know maybe a few limited number of those items that you take when you exhibit at shows. We'll talk yeah. about where you guys are going to be upcoming later on. Um, but that's the other aspect of this. Like you mentioned, you know, pin sets or plushies or, and, and not, it's not you guys or the creators deciding really. It's you, you put it in the hands of the fans. Hey, what do you, what do you respond to? What do you guys want? What tiers are you guys asking for? Whether it's, you know, a, a Bowser plushie from Let's Play or, or pin sets yeah. or what have you, board game, you know, uh, for Brothers Fawn and that sort of thing. I mean, again, that's something so unique that if you guys were a traditional publisher, you, it would be kind of a tougher barrier to entry, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um if we were only putting those out through traditional means, it would be Im- impossible to do that up front, you know, for to get distribution for the you know, I mean, we obviously signed with the distributor for those items, but uh to get retailers excited about that, I think the first step is always let let them see the book sell, let them get excited about the property, you know, and that can take a year or two years, three years, right? And where, you know, we put in the Kickstarter we know the fans want this. We can make something a stretch goal or an add-on. We can kind of judge on, you know, more quantity to make at least a limited run of something at the right price point so the fans can get it, judge demand on that for the next Kickstarter. And, you know, we've, you know, like I said, we've done something like 40 of these. Um, at this point, we kind of know what, what fans want and we kind of know what those quantities are. And most of those items, they're still not, you know, quantities that can be mass distributed, right? So something like the blessed tower card deck though that will, we're going to be putting out through simon schuster so that's going to hit stores and amazon um, sometime later this year but for plushies you know we're certainly not trying to get you know a plushie that was made for a ya title out into the mass market because it's just not a place to do that and i don't think we'd see at least initially, the retail support for something like that based on a comic series that, you know, a retailer hasn't already sold, you know, 20 copies of.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, well, let's talk about some properties um, specifically. Like, I wanted to ask you about uh, Beneath an Alien Sky, which is um, a, a property in a story from Sid Koteen. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh um, Koshin, okay. Koshin. It's mm-hmm. Some, something relatively recent, but he's a pretty big name in, in sci-fi and horror. So can you tell uh tell our listeners kind of what it's about and, and what you guys are offering for this uh Beneath an Alien Sky? Because it seems to be, you know, like you were mentioned earlier, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So uh Beneath Alien Sky was not, it's one of the it's one of the projects that wasn't a, a webcomic initially. Uh Sid had just so I go way back with Sid. Uh, One of his earliest books was with uh, J. Michael Straczynski at Image, which I was an editor on. Uh, We had set it up initially at MTV Comics and then moved it over to Image when I left MTV. And Sid was the artist on that. I met Sid through a mutual friend who's one of our production designers. Uh, Worked with Sid on that, then worked with Sid on a series with uh, two friends of mine called uh, Dents at Webtoon, which was with Beth Bears and Matt Doyle, who are both actors. Uh, so they co-wrote it and brought, we brought Sid on for the art. And it was it's just an awesome, awesome series on Webtoon. There's three seasons of it. It's a completed thing. I highly recommend people go read that. Uh, and then and when I was starting this, Sid just had already drawn 100 pages of this sci-fi horror graphic novel he wanted to do called Beneath the Alien Sky and was like, well, you look at it. And uh immediately it was like I will I was uh, plus having worked with Sid so much and knowing how awesome he is to work with and that goes into you know who you work with and who you publish to to an extent. I, you know, I mean Sid's super talented, so that obviously matters, but um I like him very much. So that he said this to me and I was immediately like, I will publish that tomorrow. Um uh, and it kind of evolved from this black and white thing and he's like, Oh, a friend of mine colored some of the pages. So I'm like, Oh, some of the pages I'm like, Well, it really pops in color. But the black and white is cool, too. So, Michael, let's just do both, which we've never really done before. Um, and we haven't done since, not for any particular reason. But uh, So we published a black and white artist edition of the book, as well as a full color, uh, slightly oversized uh, edition that's got, you know, the debossed foil and the silver gilded edges and the whole thing. It went, you know, super, super nice finishes, but you can still get the original black and white the way Sid wanted it. Um, from us directly that, that black and white version is not in retail. We do bring it to cons. And the book is the story of Copa, who's a constable, um, in this universe that Sid created on an alien planet. So the characters are, uh, humanoid aliens, um, uh, you know, very star Wars, star Trek esque, um, in feel and, on, on the inter at the intergalactic zoo, a creature escapes, uh, that's very deadly and kind of goes on this rampage, murder rampage um, on the planet or on the space station. And, uh, you know, there's there's a deeper mystery as to what that creature is, why it was released and the ultimate goals of, you know, those involved. And, you know, we follow Copa's story throughout, you know, that mystery unraveling all the way, all the way to the end. So it's it's great. It's a It's one book, it's complete. Uh, it's a single story. It reads very much like an amazing sci-fi horror feature film um, as a graphic novel. So, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about that book. I mean, it's been out for a little while now, so you can, you can get it on Amazon.
0: Yeah. I, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because it is different than, you know, what you typically have done at rocket Chip. You mentioned that this wasn't a, a web comic first, uh, obviously, you know, again, having worked with Sid and, you know, belief in the project, seeing it, knowing how good it was, no hesitation, but was there anything where I was, where there were, challenges because it wasn't a a webcomic or or was it pretty much like riding a bike and you've done it before
1: yeah no it was it was pretty it was pretty easy uh the kickstarter did very well uh so same thing we Kickstarter at first just designed the right items for it you know the properties kind of at some point these properties kind of like much like writing a great character um the character kind of tells you what to do as the writer rather than the other way around you know all these properties tell us what to do in terms of how we're going to develop the kickstarter what items we're going to offer just based on what they are right so the alien sky was, was very simple in that regard. We made really fun t-shirts. If I got killed with the galactic zoo, you know, we, you know, we did a couple of really nice pin sets, some, some prints. We did the two different versions of the books because they existed. So, you know, I, I felt really strongly about the story and the art and the design. We put a lot of work into the Kickstarter, just made a really great trailer and, and a really great looking campaign to showcase all since, so since art and story, Um, you know, people responded to it right away.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, of Kickstarter, so you had just had a recent, um, recent one conclude, uh, for Lars and his, his Yeti property. That seemed to do really yes. well. Uh, when you're talking about it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were saying earlier, these beloved, uh, you know, web comics that people want to be able to hold, uh, in your hand. So talk a little bit about the uh, experience and, uh, is this the first Kickstarter for, uh, for Yeti that's been done? Because it's had such a huge community. Uh, if that's the case, like long time coming.
1: Uh, it is not. This, so this is volume two. We already did volume one, which also volume one did extremely well on Kickstarter. Uh, it's done very well in retail. Uh, it's Nick's. It's Nick Selleck is the creator. Uh, so Lars the Awkward Yeti is the original web comic that heart and brain spun out of. So heart and brain, which is more popular as a property, even though it's the same property bar, it's Lars, the Yeti's heart and his brain. And then all these organs are his organs. Yeah. But though those, Oregon stories and our brain stories are so relatable because we can all understand what they are, that they're inside all of us. So, you know, it's a it's a great, immediately relatable, hilarious webcomic. You know, Laura specifically deals with more themes of depression and anxiety in his life and how he deals with those and heart and brain, you know, sometimes express that. Uh, But, yeah, he's got four million followers or something online. Uh It's our second Kickstarter with him. His other books have not been Kickstarted. I don't believe they're out through Andrews McNeil. But his own games, some tabletop games, and I believe he did some heart and brain plushies. So Nick on his own has done four or five Kickstarters, I believe. Um, and those have all done extremely well. So, yeah, I mean, Nick is a perfect example of he has a huge community, a really dedicated fandom. Um, a huge number of people outside of the dedicated fandom who just know what the property is because it's it's it goes so viral and so shareable online. Sometimes people see these heart and brain strips and just they don't realize it's from this ongoing gag. They just see it and then think it's hilarious. And so, you know sometimes they'll just spread right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know he's activated that community several times, and then and then we did as well for the for both the campaigns. But uh, yeah, lo- love working with Nick. We, Nick comes to a lot of the shows with us when we go to the convention tours, and um, yeah, we just finished volume two. Uh, volume one is in stores now. Volume two will be in; it'll be fulfilled to the Kickstarter backers later this year. In stores, possibly late this year, early spring.
0: Great, great. Well, you do have an uh, an upcoming, and I think this is going to be a Kickstarter as well. I know it's an upcoming property, upcoming Psycho Ko that has some names, actually, that people know in terms of uh, you know voice acting and that sort of thing.
1: So, Psycho Ko, we are going to be kickstarting the graphic novel for under our Bottle Rocket imprint, which is our all ages imprint. We announced last year with the Felix the Cat Kickstarter. Um, Psycho is created by my partner in Rocketship, Rob Feldman. He's had that comic ongoing in various forms for a really long time. Um, you know, and, uh, at one point it was on Webtoon as the first what was called a Webtoon FX series. Um, I don't the effects the effects long story short the effects technology never really worked on on teams app it was always breaking um and crashing people's apps so i don't know if it's still there or not but it was fully animated so they had this kind of fx experience for the app where as you scroll it's like scroll triggered events like like an after effects thing but with this first rolling mm-hmm. web comic and the style is very hannah Barbera. so rob rob's pretty brilliant animator he's a brilliant creator and he's also uh He's our CTO. He, he has a really strong tech background, so he really embraced that technology and did some amazing things with it, and, and like a real true Hanna-Barbera style. And then he had later published, uh, through Alterna, uh, a coloring book comic combination, which was nominated for the Ringo Award. Um, then he's put out his own line of NFTs, and with those, the NFTs unlock things like online games for you to play, um, masks and card games and comics that get mailed to you, kind of like a VIP club is how he uses it. And then most recently, um, did a mint to raise money to fund a pilot of the animated series of Psycho KO. And we are reuniting the cast of Napoleon Dynamite to write all the voices. So John Heater is voicing Napoleon, Efren Ramirez, uh, John Grease, um, leave somebody out, but um, <laughs> uh, Haley Duff uh, are all coming back to come together to do the voices. We just did the first recording with John last week. Um, so, that animated pilot will be out and released sometime in the next few months on uh, on a Web3 unlockable platform called Replay. So, if you participated in funding it, you get to watch it exclusively first. And then we'll be going out wide with that to see if we can pick up uh, traditional uh, distribution for the animated series. This summer, at some point, I don't have an exact date yet, we are going to also kickstart the collected Psycho novel with an all new story in it, which has never been released. And that's going to be out under our bottle rocket line. And Psycho KO is, is it, it is an action adventure, all ages title. It's very funny. It's really cute. It looks like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. So for us, those of us who grew up on that stuff, um, you know, it, it's very evocative of, of the, the Hanna-Barbera and somewhat of the Filmation cartoons we all kind of grew up on. Um, but it's great for young readers.
0: That's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll give uh, some links and uh, places online to find Rocketship at the end, everybody. So make sure you hang around for that yeah you're going to want to be a part of that campaign if if that's you know the way you can see this animated pilot uh, first you know because we all know hollywood sometimes things make it sometimes they don't it's a lot to do with timing not necessarily quality so uh stay tuned for that but i did we do have to touch on a couple of uh you know we mentioned so many beloved properties we do want to touch on a couple of the, the biggest properties um that came from webtoon uh, that, that people really respond to, uh, any updates or kind of where we are with them. So we'll start with Brothers Bond, Ryan Benjamin's, uh, property, you know, award winning. Where are we at with that, with, the, uh, Brothers Bond these days? So
1: there's going to be one more book in Brothers Bond, which will complete. So, so the first graphic novel is technically books one and two of the trilogy. They were just done. So we put them out as, as one, one book. Uh, Ryan will be working on book three next year um he's got a few other projects on his plate this year some stuff uh a a game that we'll probably talk about that he and i are working on together now a comic he and i are working on together that's not announced uh but we'll be able to talk about later in the year um and then uh he's got some a bunch of other projects he's always involved in some marvel stuff some dc stuff some video game stuff like ryan ryan has a pretty full plate uh but uh brothers bond what will be volume three will be on Kickstarter in 2024. And with that Kickstarter, we'll be doing, we're still figuring out the details, but there'll be some sort of a oversized deluxe hardcover edition, something we've never done before. That'll be the, the final definitive edition of the Brothers Bond saga.
0: Yeah. When Brian told me about the game, we'll talk about it in a second. I was like, "What? you don't have enough going on with all your comments. Yeah. Plus he's got his mentorship program and now you're kicking off this game. So I know there was a, yeah. there was a Kickstarter for the game as well, right? You want to tell people uh, about the game? Oh,
1: so the Brothers Bond game is being pushed. The other game I mentioned was the, that I'm referencing is the Stanley game that Ryan and I are working on.
0: Gotcha.
1: So we so- push Brothers, oh, yeah, we push yeah. Brothers Bond to be after that game, um, the, the comic's not done. We're going to refocus Brothers Bond back on the book and get the Stanley as far as our, t- for our tabletop division, get the Stanley game out first. Plus that's been announced for some time and, um, you know, it's in a great place. It's the design's almost done. Uh, it's actually sitting, the prototype is actually sitting over there at my dining room table. I can see it from here. Uh, <laughs> we're just playing it last week. I actually just got back from the uh, Stan- gamma conference. Uh,
0: Stanley came started as well.
1: The Stanley game will be on Kickstarter this year. Um, so that game we announced, I believe, the very very end of twenty twenty one. It's been in development since. Uh, Ryan and I created two hundred original characters for the game, and in the game, you essentially take on the role of Stan. You're creating a universe. So oh, nice. you went up to five other players, or four other, up, to, up to five players, or six players. Forgetting right now because um, we played as both uh, come in and and it's a tile based game. So every turn, there's like a nexus tile. Everybody kind of starts on and has their own starting point. And you're building, you're literally building out the universe with these It uh, looks like a cluster of hexes. And there's different formations as you build, you build out the playing board. And then through resource management, you introduce characters into the universe. So all these 200 characters, you might introduce three, five, four, five, six at a time per session. So it's a lot of replayability and who comes into the universe and can kind of change their alignments. Uh, so it's Really unique in like a what if style uh gameplay every single time you play, and then throughout the game you're drawing cards and introducing plots that you have to try and complete in order to gain power points or events that everybody participates in at the same time. Uh, and then there's a power the, the wind condition is a power meter that goes up to twenty for a player to reach twenty power wins. There's a bunch of different ways you gain power, whether it's introducing certain characters, completing certain plots, uh, collecting certain items, and then that. Around so right now, around the uh, 15 power level, uh, that's when your power level reaches great, and with great power comes great responsibility. So once you have reached great power, you earn great responsibility tokens, which you are forced to spend every turn, which help your other players. So it kind of becomes like this: you know, it, it's it's player versus player, but you're forced into a cooperative mode as you're trying to finish the game, uh, and be the first to, 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 reach 20 power. Um, so,
0: so sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. The characters are all done. They look great. They're all drawn and, and colored. Uh, we are working on the graphic design right now to build out the first few prototypes. Uh, the prototype I have is the basic pen and paper prototype that was handmade. Once we have those, We'll put out some preview copies uh, out to reviewers and we'll start to uh, get the Kickstarter ready. So I am really hoping to kickstart July. Just uh, I'm going to say, don't hold me to that. <laughs> and uh, it will be this summer though. And then the game will be Kickstarters, uh, Kickstarter backers, obviously get the game first. Um, we're doing a bunch of varying covers with certain artists. I think we announced one so far and showed some of the preview art from uh, Dean Haspiel, who did our Pulp Error characters as a cover for us. Um 'Cause there's all these different the game itself, the characters in the game take place over every era of comics. So it's meant to be really evocative of of all the different kinds of comics we've all grown up with, as if this entire universe has always existed. So when you build the universe in the game, you're introducing characters from like pulp, you know, uh ancient mythology, so sil- you know, golden age, silver age, modern age, things like that. Um, even some there's like an homage to, you know, the filmation He-Man, Thundercats type characters. So there's a lot of different uh, Flesh Gordon stuff, you know, there's a lot of uh, all the various, you know, mostly superhero, but even pulp and science fiction stuff we grew up with finds its way into the game. So uh, they're all unique characters; they're all new. But you'll you'll be like, oh, this this reminds me of of you know, Defenders of the Earth or something, right? Um, as, as you play it.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure no trouble getting people to you know artists to, to to want to collaborate. Stan was you know like a grandfather mentor to, to so many of us. Um, you know, a few issues there toward the end of his life, which was sad to see. And, and obviously yeah. I'll fill his loss. Um, so I'm sure, you know, blessing of Stan's estate for this and, and all that you've
1: been well, contact- We work, we work with, uh, Power Entertainment. So yeah. we work directly with Stanley's Power Entertainment. Stanley's Power Entertainment was the company Stan owned, um, and where he created all the other IP outside of Marvel for I don't know, 15 or 20 years or something like that. Uh so we worked directly with Bill Champion there, who I've been working with all time. Um was working with Stan was a pal when Stan and I co-wrote Back Channel, which is on webtoon and is now coming to print. Uh so it's there's there's not an estate, it's the it's his company.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I just I just want everybody to know that this this is not something that where you're exploiting. You know, you're, you're
1: Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, because I know yeah, yeah. like
0: I said, those those issues toward the end of his life where you know people were taking advantage. That's not at all with this.
1: None Um, of those, none of those people are involved. No. Um, I believe there are restraining orders and things in place for, for some of that. Um, I followed it online like everybody else. Um, but yeah, no, 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 no one, no one from, from that, that, I mean, there was only one year where that happened actually. Uh, cause, uh, when Joni passed Stan's wife, um, all, all that, you know, as people can read online that they're, that they're on their own, um, all that went down and then, you know, thankful, thankfully, very thankfully, uh, one of Stan's attorneys, um, Finally was able to get involved and, and get him out of that situation. Um, and so for the last few months that Stan was with us, it was, you know, yeah, I'm sure it was super traumatizing. So, uh, but it was a little bit back to normal, um, like right towards the end there, which was at least nice. So, um, we were, we were actually actively publishing back channel when he passed and had to stop for a while. Um, it's still, it's still said. Yeah. Response.
0: Uh, yeah. we mentioned Brothers Bond. We gotta, we, we have to, we'll close down with, with this. we'll, we'll talk about, uh, conventions and what we gotta mention in terms of property. Let's play, you know, maybe the, the most well-known, uh, with, uh, with Mongi. Uh, she does such a fantastic job. And I know she took a little bit of time off and people have to remember, you know, she's writing, she's drawing, she's coloring. It's a lot of work and she's been doing it for a long, long time. So, uh, do you know when it's coming back in uh digital form and also where are we at in terms of, I know you guys, I think recently finished up a, a crowdfund, fund, right?
1: Yeah, so what we did last year was volume three, which has just arrived to our warehouse and just arrived to Simon and Schuster. So volume three is being fulfilled now. Um, and we'll hit retail in, I don't have the dates in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's mid June. Uh, it will be prior to San Diego comic-con. And then volume four's Kickstarter is this summerish. It's right right after volume three gets finished as fulfillment, right around the time we're starting volume four up on Kickstarter. And there's going to be a volume of Let's Play every year for probably the next decade. (laughs) Um, and we started, we've already started talking about we're going to be doing, releasing an omnibus edition. So the the print editions don't necessarily fall exactly the way it has been released as a webcomic, but the omnibus as well. So the season one Omnibus, which will not go to Kickstarter, that's going to go directly to retail. Fans will be able to pre-order it wherever the local comic shop, bookstore, online. Uh, and we'll, we're working on that now. It's going to be an oversized edition with tons of extra back matter. I mean, this is going to be, even though the volumes are already super premium, this is going to be the definitive edition. Uh, and that will be in retail next year. Um, and will be more formally announced later this year. The, um, the webcomic, um, as I'm not sure if you saw or, or didn't, uh, Mangi announced that she is uh, parted ways with Webtoon. Um, her statement's up online for people to see. She won't be returning. And when she is contractually able to do so, let's play will Return. I can't really discuss more than that, other than it is absolutely coming back for season four. Uh, it won't be... A horribly long time, but there's definitely a, a little bit of a waiting period that she has to um, respect uh, in her agreement. And once that, once that waiting period's up, um, let's play will, will return uh, 100%. Um, and then uh, in the meantime, I think there'll be some other exciting announcements uh, from Leanne later this year, uh, along with we just kickstarted uh, the digital game. So Everdate, the let's play dating game is going to be coming out. Uh, If you back the Kickstarter, uh, you'll be able to choose your platform. So it's uh, iOS, Android, PC, Mac, Switch, and Xbox. Uh, All platforms were unlocked. Uh, There will likely be a PlayStation version later down the road. It wasn't part of the Kickstarter just because of the development complexity of the PlayStation versus the other platforms. Um, That game right now, if you miss the Kickstarter, you can just search Everdate Let's Play game Kickstarter. You can still late back it. So if you missed it and you still want to get in on it, you can uh, sometime soonish, we'll have to stop taking those late backers because we have to lock in orders and there are some physical rewards as a part of the tiers. Uh, we believe the beta will release October-ish and the game will be released in the spring uh, across all platforms. Uh, and right now, one of the most exciting things for that, which I can't say any of the names yet, but... We have been casting the voices for the game um, and you know, they're not full scripted scenes or anything, but we are getting uh, some absolutely, absolutely amazing big time anime and video game voice actors to bring the let's play characters to life. So when we announce those, it's going to be really, really exciting. We have four or five of them already set um, and we're working on the rest of the cast now.
0: That's gotta be such a huge lift. In addition to what you guys do at Rocketship with the kind of comics and publishing, like to, I mean, develop video. I mean, I work IT for my day job, so I know and, and, you know digital coming from webtoon. You know, you know how, how digital and development, and how long things take, and you can work for months and then find out oh you went the wrong direction and you know have to start over. How challenging has this everyday development been?
1: So Rocketship is not the one producing the game were involved. Uh, Mongi Studio, Mongi set up her own studio called Mongi Studios. Mongi Studios is the publisher of the game. The developer is a partner company that, uh, is working for Monkey called Always Imagine. So they're work- I, I, they've done a bunch of other stuff. They have stuff in development. I don't want to say what, cause I've seen everything they're working on and I don't know what's announced or not. So I just want to, oh no, cause they showed it at Comic Con. So, um, if you're familiar with the Four Horsemen, toy designers who are, you know, probably the best action figure designers, alive uh their mythic legions line is being developed as a video game also by the same the development house uh, and they've been fantastic so it's we're, we're i'm there for the meetings we're involved in like today's i have to miss it because no, i'm with you was our uh weekly uh our weekly uh development meeting actually uh, on, the, on the dev side uh, not the creative side and um it's fun i mean it's it's this it's a great card game you can go on the kickstarter everything's out you can see all the animated gifs of how the game works and plays um you know, Leanne is, is deeply involved in herself. She's creating all the art. She's writing it. Um, so it's a real, it's not canonical, of course, cause it's a game. It's a dating sim. And then you can pick any of the 12 characters from what's play and there's all kinds of expansion packs. So if, you know, you want to do the ruminate expansion pack and get the characters as they appear and ruminate when they're playing the game, you can buy that expansion pack. There's gender swap expansion packs. There's war quest, which is, uh, you know, Sam's guild that mm-hmm. she plays with, with Abe and everybody. Um, right. So you can unlock all the WarQuest characters. Uh, you can unlock Sam's parents. So you know, all these characters are available to play uh in the game with all different backgrounds and cards. Um but uh yeah, Leanne's super, super involved in that. Um and uh it's it's not challenging as much as it's exciting. Um, you know, but uh you know it's a bit it'll be out through manga Studios um like everywhere by spring. Um yeah, and then the, the next big step for that will be announcing some of the talent that will line up.
0: That's that's great. Uh, well, we mentioned conventions. You guys, uh, you know, do conventions and and have a lot of this merchandise. Sometimes the very limited stuff that you can't get anymore because the Kickstarter is over, uh, and usually that stuff sells out really fast. So, what do yes. you let people know? Where uh, what are your upcoming shows? Where are you guys going to be uh, exhibiting at?
1: So, we are planning to exhibit at San Diego uh we are waiting for a piece of confirmation on that and hope to be in the same space that we have been in previously uh on the main show floor there if if we that's not confirmed yet so as soon as i have confirmation you know we'll say something that we're definitely going to we're going to be there as a presence regardless with you know panels and if we don't have our own booth i'm sure there'll still be a a mangi appearance uh signing someplace uh for the rest of the year right now, it's a little bit TBD. You know, we'll, we'll be certainly attending New York Comic Con. We'll be attending Baltimore Comic Con as we always do. We've exhibited in New York the past couple of years. We have exhibited at Baltimore a couple of years ago. Uh, we did just exhibit at WonderCon. We just exhibited at LA Comic Con. So we've just done two shows in the past four months. Um, uh, you know, it gets a little, a little bit, you know, the shows get intense in terms of the workload and the time and the preparation for them. Um And San Diego is a big one. So, San is the next thing we're really planning for after that uh for the second half of the year. It it's it's a little TBD. Um I'm sure we'll be doing something. Uh, I just don't know exactly what yet.
0: Yeah, I mean it's the it's sort of a double-edged sword. I, I you guys always have a good turnout when you uh exhibit, but uh, also it's like we've got all this work to do to actually put out the, all the things that we love to get.
1: But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just, we, we, we yeah. do have a great turnout, but you, I mean, you know, I see you at the cons. I'm sure you've seen like, you know, attendance isn't what it used to be still, um, right. post pandemic and the cons have not gotten less expensive to do. If right. not, if anything, it's been, it's more expensive. Hotel costs have gone up, con costs have gone up, flights have gone up. So you're looking at, you know, for all, all exhibitors, there's, you know, less consumers at a show and just costs are gone up 25% for everyone. And, you know, so far that's only hitting like creators who do artist alleys and exhibitors who set up at shows. That cost doesn't really hit anybody else. Um, we're all absorbing that. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's absolutely, you know, we don't always do cons just to be there to make money. Um, it's much more of a fan experience, but also you can't go there and lose your shirt. So,
0: yeah. a very, so, very small team. So, you know, and the other work doesn't stop when you go to a show.
1: I, I, that, that's also what that's a big piece of it is. Yeah. The other work doesn't stop. So every time. away for a week for a con and my whole team is focused on that there's uh you know we still have we still have we're at the point where we're doing you know sometimes two three four uh crowdfunding campaigns at the same time um so you know when that's when that's running and we're all also doing a con and we're also dropping something in retail because we have so many books out there's you know 10 or 12 or 13 releases annually at least and that's growing to you know 25 to 50 very very quickly uh we have Kickstarter campaigns lined up for both for both the stuff we do with legendary, the bottle rocket line, the rocket ship mainline, the team might've sent tabletop games. Like that's going to be nonstop. We have a lineup that's going to stretch for years. So, you know, those aren't, those aren't going away. Then all those have retail at the same time, which is that's its own beast in terms of pre- preparation and marketing. So yeah, the cons as awesome as they are might turn into we'll have a presence. Maybe it's not a booth. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see if, if, if we don't set up ourselves at your Comic Con, you know, we'll, we'll partner with either, uh, you know, like Simon Schuster's our distributor. So we could possibly be signing for Simon Schuster at their booth. If they do the same, they do the same presence they had last year, or potentially somebody like Midtown Comics or something. Um, and still, you know, be there, do some sort of a sponsorship, be around it without, you know, braiding in, you know, two pallets of books. <laughs>
0: So. A, good, a good problem to have. I mean, this is not you. Yeah. It's yeah. not sour grapes here. It's it's great that you're so busy and Rocketship is doing so well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. no complaints. It's just it's a it's a, it's a balancing a, act. Yeah, yeah,
0: exa- exactly. There's. I was going to say it's got to be work life balance, and you got it because here's the thing. You you wouldn't want you know focused off of uh, the, the great production values. And right. these great campaigns, you know, you don't want to lose focus on that. You want to continue to, to deliver high quality. So it's just a matter of how much, you know. There's only so many hours in the day, and
1: yeah, the, pro- the product, the too. product's the yeah. I say the, the product's the most important thing, right? So you know, if we're not if we're not putting out the absolute best, most high quality products that we could be putting out, you know, then you, you can't go to a con in lieu of that, right? Like, and those that has to be additive to that. Because those the books and the and the merchandise that people hold in their hands that we create like that, that's the thing, right? That's the business.
0: Well, it goes back to you being one of us, right? Like you're a fan, you love these things too, you know. So it's that's what I love about what Rocketship does, and I feel like why you guys have such high production values is because, you know, you come at it from a fan's perspective of saying, "Well, this is how I would want my thing that I love to look or to feel like."
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking behind me because all our stuffs on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's true. Like, I'm, a, I'm a geek about this stuff. I mean, I want, I want thing. I want to make stuff that I'm gonna love myself, right? And you know, if, and I'm, I'm very particular about our quality. Um, so, so, almost, to, you know, to a, to a, <laughs> to a irrational level of, um, <laughs> you know, this detail in this book needs to be just perfect, and this, you know, this element on the spine I want to be this way, and. Um, yeah, we take a lot of care in these products. Um, you know, I'd say like, you can, you can hold our books up, um, next to anything else you find, like our standard editions, um, I think shine above the quality of what most of the industry puts out.
0: Um, let's, well, let's play hard covers with the shiny red foil and yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, on my bookshelf, they stand out. They're the ones that really pop, you know, they look so great, so. Uh, yeah. Well, Tom, thank you so much. I know you're so busy, uh, as we as we just talked about. So thanks for taking the time. Uh, if people want to follow along, Rocketship Entertainment, uh, I'll put a link to the website, obviously. Awesome. Uh, you can go sign up for a newsletter there, everybody, so you know when news is coming. Uh, but in in terms of social media, I know you guys have somewhat of an active presence on Twitter. Uh,
1: so Twitter and Facebook are both Rocketship ENT, just like the website is RocketshipENT.com. Uh, YouTube and Instagram are rocket ship official yes <laughs> rocket chip official
0: put links uh, in the show notes everybody to I'll, all
1: those- I'll, I'll get i'll get you links <laughs> so that
0: <laughs> i'll put them there in the show notes so if you're having any trouble finding them you can go click there whatever your preference of social platform is you can uh, you can follow them so you'll know uh you know if they're going to be at these shows or when these kickstarters uh that we discussed are, are kicking off make sure you join the uh the the Kickstarter for uh, Psycho K.O. So you can see that, uh, that animated pilot when it's ready. And again, Tom, thanks so much for the time. Any last words uh, for the listeners as we're closing down here?
1: Uh, no, that's it. Thanks, Jason. I mean, right now we don't have a Kickstarter going, so we have a couple more coming um, imminently. Uh, so just, you know, please keep an eye out for those and uh, keep an eye out. We have a ton of books in retail starting in June, all throughout the, the uh, second half of the year. It's going to be, we didn't drop anything. I believe in the first half of this year, so there's going to be a huge retail push starting in June with Let's Play Volume 3 and then following that, just book after book after book after book.
0: Yeah, and so, so. many titles that we, that we did get a chance to touch on here. So, yeah, I highly encourage everybody, go to the website, click on the title section. You can see there may be web uh, comics that you love that you're not even aware that they have print. So go, click there. Yeah. And you uh, mm-hmm. don't have any campaigns going on right now, but like you did mention, if you missed out on the Everdate campaign, you can still go and uh, and back it. Uh, So I'll put a link to that as well. Limited time, because as Tom mentioned, uh, they got to close it down at some point. So uh, thanks again, Tom. It's been great catching up. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate you joining as always. And we'll talk to you next time.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jason. You can
0: find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us.